don't think that's a very hard place to find. Genesis chapter 1, and we'll read verse 1 and verse 2. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Can you turn to Genesis 2, verse 3? And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his works, which God created and made. Verse 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, now we've read your word, and Lord, we're just asking that your blessing be upon it. I know, Lord, our thoughts may be wandering. I pray you'll bring it subject to the Lord, to the presence of the Lord, and to your word. Father, we won't be long, but we just pray that you'll give us unction and direction in Jesus' name. Amen. And the church of the living God said, Amen. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. God bless you. God bless you. I like to speak a little subject, a subject that I've had on my heart for a while. It's a very, uh, how do you say, big subject. Anytime you talk about the Lord, it's a very big subject. And so thus, this is a very big subject because it is of the Lord. But I'd like to title the little message, and I'm sure you've heard the phrase, and it's repeated three times in Scripture, and we will go over that. But the title of this message this morning is Abba, Father. Abba, Father. I would just like that to stick in your minds as we would like to go forward here. When we read the scripture, and if those that uh, have not been familiar with the message of adoption in the series that he preached in 1960... Brother Branham takes this thought of Genesis 1, Genesis 2, in the beginning, God, and he says, that's God, that's the self-existent one, that's the mighty God, that's the everlasting to everlasting. But then when he created man, he moved from being that great creator who dwelt amongst his thoughts to the Lord God, Jehovah, which means then that God was moving from being existing by himself and in his thoughts to creating man and thus having a family. And Brother Bram said, now God created Adam and he created now a family. God wanted to be a father. God wants to be a father. And many times today it's so, um, how can I say, convoluted through society 
fatherhood has been so convoluted. It used to be a subject that you wouldn't really have to address because it was fatherhood. You were a father. You were a provider. You were a leader. You stood for morals. You guided your children. You died for your children. You lived for your children. And thus it was fatherhood. You weren't just a father of authoritarianism. He was a friend. You're, you were a friend to your son. And, and you walked together. And, 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 and God walked in the Garden of Eden together with Adam. And he had fellowship. Because Brother Bram said he loved fatherhood. And so fatherhood wasn't really spoken of that often because it was sort of a moral fabric within society, but we find then that society's moral fabric has been torn apart by Laodicea and the God of this evil age, giving a weird idea of what, what, what real fatherhood is all about. And, and saints of God, you say, well, I, 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 some of us might have grown up not knowing a father, but that's why God saved you, that you would have a father. And so it applies and is applicable to each and every one. I always thought as a father that I have prayed with my boys growing up. I wanted to be their friend. It was just a, a yearning desire within my heart that I just didn't want children I wanted my children to be my best friend. Because all that I am is theirs. Society has so changed the thought pattern of what's mine's mine and son, you make out or eke out your own living. And as we find out Life is a little hard, but it's sure nice to have Father help your children to make it a little easier. So that's why I would like to, to title it Abba Father, because Abba Father means he's a friend father. He's a dear father. Or as one translation says, he's father, father. I do not want us or myself to ever think of being a father by the way society has grilled into the minds of what a father is because you'll find out very quickly you don't know which one's the mother or the father. How strong was he about the the, the, the sisters, the women, to be in the place of their home. How, how strong was that? How strong was a daddy to be a provider? And if he couldn't provide for his own household, as the scripture declares, you're worse than an infidel. That means an unbeliever. And so today, it, it, in, 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 I don't know if your children don't attend uh, um, Bible Way, Christian Academy, and, and I don't know what you're allowing your children to get exposed to, 
but you're finding more and more daddy's a mummy, mummy's a daddy. A queer is a queer. A drag queen is a drag queen. You know, we might talk about it, and it might shock some of you, but it is in the, it's in the schools. It's being taught. Come, I should have a little bit more support than that. But you can thank God you got Holy Ghost teachers that are going to keep that away from your children. And, and we should thank God for it. If they shut us down, we'll have it in the building. We'll have it somewhere. But they will not be taught by a system of perversion. They will be taught by a message, by the Bible. And what the Bible and this message has declared, which to me is one and the same, and people hate that equation, but I'll leave it at that. How weird has it gotten in five, five years? We can't even say 10 years now, Brother Tim. We can't say 20 years. How weird has it gone in two years? You think about it, in two years, they have these perverts come into a kindergarten room. And they put it on the news. So now it's warping the people's thinking. Because they're watching the news. They think it's acceptable. It is not acceptable. It never will be acceptable. But is this a surprise, Ben, that we're in Sodom when a prophet said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the revealing of the Son of Man. Fatherhood! The Son of Man reveals fatherhood! It's an attribute of God. It's being revealed by God of who he is. A father. To be a father. Brother Bram said in the message adoption, but in Genesis 2, we went from Genesis 1 of Almighty God. God in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We've gone through all that, now we went into Genesis 2. And Brother Bram said in Genesis 2, he made man. He said, I'm Yahweh. J-U-V-H-V-U-H. Jehovah. What did it mean? I am the all-existent one who created something off of myself to be a son of mine. Now think about it. Off of himself to be a son of mine. So what the father is, come on, what the father is, is the son. What the son is, is the daughter. We'll get there, okay? That's where we'd like to go if you give me some time. The all-existent one. Yes, sir. The one who created something of himself, off of himself right. to be a son of mine or an amateur little one of mine. Oh, glory. Why? 
Jehovah means he gave man to be an amateur God. He gave man to be an amateur God over feelings. Over your feelings. How you feel, how you think. He didn't care what you thought. God created Adam off of himself. An amateur God. And what does Satan fight? Amateur gods. What does the devil fight? Amateur gods. Uh-huh. That's why he fights you on the job. Fights you in your home. Fights you in relationship. Satan hates the children of God. That's why the Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. It's not the brethren that are the accuser of brethren. It's Satan who's the accuser of brethren. And guess where he's going? To a pit. Amen. This all-existent one, Ryan, this great I am who filled all space and time, created himself a man, a part of himself. What was he showing? There's going to be an amateur God that's going to take dominion over this earth. So then if Satan has robbed him, there's a restoration taking place. There's a promise. I Jehovah, I will restore, saith the Lord. Lord, restore EDA his sight. He's a part of the earth. And when God moved over the earth, it became an Eden. May God move over your earth this morning and make you an Eden beauty. Take your sickness away. Take the chaos away. Can you receive it? Do you believe it? Then tell the devil, I stand on the word. He's Abba, Father. He's my dear Father. He's not a distant daddy. He's a daddy that you can come in contact with and can be moved by the feeling of his sons and daughters' infirmities. Amen. The all-existent one who created something of himself to be a son of mine or a temporary, an amateur little one of mine Jehovah means he gave man to be amateur gods. You and I never even had a clue of this. I'm sorry, friends. You can go listen to people. You can listen to preachers wherever you want to hear preachers. You've got a whole array on your internet. You can go back to the 50s. You can listen to your Jack Coes. You can look, listen to any of the old Tommy Hicks, Tommy Osborne. You can hear whatever you want, but you, they never will come to this conclusion or even this depth to bring to the people 
that you are a part of God. And in God's mind, he wants to bring you to your fullness. What Adam lost, you gain through the opening of the word. And we can't conquer our everyday situations. This is a, we're talking dominion over the earth. We can't conquer family dynamics. We can't be a father to our children and get on our knees and weep with them. I know this might sound strange to some of you. I do remember a few of my morning devotions. And one day I looked at my boys and I told them, I said, heaven will not be heaven without you. And so I'm going to fight for you. Tooth and nail. I'm going to fight for you. And I will fight for you. And I did fight for you. And I will continue to fight with you. Because I just didn't want to be a distant father. I wanted to be an Abba father. Please, forgive me if any feelings get hurt today. But he's my Abba father. I trust he's your Abba. Dear father. Father of fathers. Father that maybe some of us didn't have. We sing a song, I have a father. And he knows me by name. It's not a song to me, it's a reality. Because he is a father, he made a man an amateur God, so he isn't self-existing anymore. He's one who exists with his family. We're going to fight for our family. Are we in one accord? We'll fight for our families. He exists with his family. Ella, Ella. Elohim, now he's Jehovah, Jehovah, meaning one who exists with his family. They walked with him. They talked with him. They communed with him until sin came in the garden. Then what was the cry of father? Adam, Adam, where are you? Do you think he was looking for location? Really? I don't have, I don't think so. I don't think, I think God knows where you're sitting right now. I don't think that that's what he was wanting Adam to say, here am I. I don't think so. I think, where are you? What have you done? Why are you hiding? Why? He's a father that cares. 
He's a father that cares. One who exists with his family. Now God made man to be predominant over the earth, to have dominion. And the earth was man's dominion. Is that the scripture? Then if that's his domain, he was to be God over the earth. He was to be God over the earth. He would speak, and it would be so. He could speak this, and it would be so. Oh, there he is. God, Jehovah, the one who was self-existed in self-existence, but now existing with his family, his little ones with him. There you are. Think about it. There you are. You love your children. We love your children. He wants to exist with the children. He doesn't want a distant relationship. Now, when God made man, he made man in the beginning to have fellowship with him. Why do you have children, Brother Jean? Why would you have that little darling there if you didn't want to have fellowship? I can't wait till he says, da-da-da-da-da. I remember Sam's first dad. He said dad. He always said mom first, but at least he said dad. That wasn't a big communication. Well, son, I'd like to teach you algebra. No, you were thrilled that he was talking to you. Can I tell you, Abba Father would love for you to say, I'm talking to you, Lord Jesus. You're the great I am. You're the lovely Lord. You're the one that created me. I want fellowship. I'm not teaching three gods or two gods. I'm teaching one God. God in Man. And his name is Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So now watch. He created man to have fellowship. Not smack him across the head. I wonder how often my sons would love me or even like me. Whack! What would you do that for? Eh, I felt like it. You're not going to have a very close relationship. How was your day today, son? How'd you do? School tough? Why'd you bring that spirit in the house? Do you know that's a spirit? Hey, look, just wait, Dan. Just wait. Oh, they're lovely at six and seven and eight and nine, but get around 12 and 14. And he said, Dad, I don't think that's what you should do. Well, that's when he got the whack. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, there's a time and a place for everything. But as they grow up, 
you want to have, be able to have those kinds of relationships so that when you go through the hard times, you've had the blessed good times. Wants to exist with you. Wants to be your friend. Wants to walk with you. Won't you walk with me, Jesus? Don't ever leave me alone. God loving fellowship. God made man to be predominant over the earth, to have fellowship with him. Then this man had perfect fellowship. Adam had perfect fellowship. In the Garden of Eden, he had perfect fellowship with God. Doesn't that sound marvelous, sister message? Perfect fellowship. Then Satan came. Why? He wants to break the fellowship that the Father has with his children. Now watch what he says. If you see, if Satan has a kingdom, then in his kingdom is being ruled by Satan himself, which is redundant, the devil. What kind of a family do you think he has? What kind of a family? Go and walk down the streets of Cloverdale. Put on MSNBC. You'll find what kind of family Satan's Eden has produced. Perversion to the uttermost. And can I give a caution as a man that's standing here behind the pulpit, which I have given caution over the years and will continue to give caution. You want to destroy your child, give him this phone. I, 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 I would love a unanimous amen around there. You want to destroy your children. You are opening up to every pornography site you can think of. Every demon site you want. Is that what you want for your children? That's why God sent a message. To keep your thoughts, his thoughts. Keep the Bible, the Bible. They push the message aside here so that they can live this way. Then criticize you for living that way. That's what they want to do. That's what this wants to do. It wants to tear your fellowship so that you will not know him as Abba, Father. If Satan then has a kingdom, which we would say is Satan's Eden, I said, I know you, I'm not ignorant. I'm not a stupid man. These get floated around, and I see kids handling these things. And I think, Brother Tim's preached, have you preached against these, Brother Tim? Michael? Myself? Murphy? He's not here? And yet, we'll preach our hearts out. 
agonize over it, trying to protect our sheep. And then they get thrown in their face. You know what you're doing? You're destroying the authority that's been given to the church to have protection over your children. You're telling the preacher it doesn't matter. It does matter. It does matter. You'll get some wonky on there to go after your girls. You'll get some floozy after your son. If you're not using it for good, do not pick it up. You're over the top, Brother Tom. Hey, go ahead. Go in the streets, Johnny. Go play in the traffic. No father would tell their children to go play in the traffic. No father would say, go play out and let the cars run over you. No father will give this in their fingertips. Let them get the Holy Ghost. Let them get the Holy Ghost. You get the Holy Ghost, that will be your guide. Yes, things pop up and you go, what on earth? But if you don't have the Holy Ghost, that spirit will get you every time. Father, Father, help us, guide us, instruct us, provide for us. Little stories, things of God, and little painted posters don't help people overcome. The Word, the Word, the Word. So then in Satan's Eden, Brother Bram says, if Satan has a kingdom, he has an economy. And this is what I really like to get to. All the rest, that was just the preamble to this. Satan has his own economy. And you're living in it. Mm -hmm. How many here bought Bitcoin? Don't put up your hand. He preached against it. <laughs> huh? Dog coin. Yeah, it should, it's, it's, it's right. Dog coin. I mean, who's, what's it called? Oh, sorry. See how ignorant I am? I'm glad I don't know that. Here it's up $36,000, whatever. Now it's plummeting, plummeting, plummeting. You watch, it'll go down to nothing. Your dollar, your RRSPs, your 401ks. Hmm. I wonder what that's going to do when the economy crashes. Because that's what the devil wants. That's what he's going to do to set up his kingdom. That's his economy. But God's got another economy. Come on, stay with me now. God has his economy. Economy means God's household. If there's a household, there's a father. And Satan's their father, and God is my father. Hallelujah. They watch that stock market. They watch everything go up and down and, and do your due diligence and be a great steward. But don't worry, there's a pact coming between Jews and Rome. It's coming. They can't tube our world or this order or this economy fast enough for me. Rome's got to step in. 
been prophesied to step in. Wealth of the world in there. So I would think then as a father of a house and a home, I wouldn't be looking to the almighty dollar as being your God. I'd be looking to the, our heavenly father, our Abba father, of being your God. Satan has a kingdom. Brother Bram says, then he's got to have an economy. Hmm. He's got an economy. He's got to have something to present them to think that they're living. Think about it. He's got their economy out there and they think they're living. But they're dead while they're living. But it's absolutely vice versa. I know you saved up a lot and use it for the kingdom as fast as you can. And after what Brother Michael and Brother Tim have been doing in Uganda, I say do it as much as you can because there's not... What else are we going to go? What else are we going to do? We've got the Philippines. We've got Brother Vernon coming in from the Philippines. We got, we've got needs in Thailand and Cambodia and doors that have been opening. I say, God, I, at the beginning of the year, Sister Joanne and I, we got down, we, I prayed. I said, Lord, there's got to be more doors open. The word's got to find that last one. It's not just one location. Spread this gospel. You're our heavenly father and you know your own. You know your own. So Satan has a kingdom. He has a kingdom. And we've been living in this kingdom. But he says now, listen to it. He says, he's making them think they're living. When it's vice versa. Because he's able to divide their minds away from the things of the Father. It's a perversion. You don't tell me, and I don't have a television set, but I've seen enough wherever I have been to know that there's gays and lesbians and everything else on that. My dad used to call it the boob tube. And it is for boobs. Now that's an old term. What is on it that's going to get you closer to God? Just let me ask you the question. I'll tell you what's on it that's going to take you away from God. And, and that's no mystery. That's no big revelation. That's just a statement. And yet we allow that to dictate our lives, our hairstyles, our dress wear. Come on. We have a message and a Bible to tell us exactly how to dress. Sisters how to dress. Husbands how to dress. Young men how to dress. When I walk down the street, I want them to know I'm different. When you walk down the street, I don't want your hair cut all zipped up and zooped up. And... I like what one brother said to me. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm from the long hair culture. And I, I, really, I really got the victory over it. I got it to here. And I, 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 I didn't love the Lord any less. I, I, I just loved him, kept loving him and loving him. And I wanted to go witness with the brothers. And the brothers said, not until you get a man's haircut. 
I go, okay, I'm in a different place. And so I said, what's a man's haircut? He said, look at the prophet. Well, I'm not bald, but Eli, you're doing real well. I wouldn't mind looking like a prophet. Don't worry, come man with me. I, I didn't mean that at anything other than that, Roy. Not, don't worry. But that's our example. We've been given an example. But the longer we go on, Satan's economy is trying to tear you away from God's economy. And an economy has a whole system. Economy is really what Satan is doing, is giving his people himself. Because that's what he is. And if you look it up into the Greek, God's economy or God's household is not wealth of what you can accumulate. God wants to give you wealth himself. So they're in their economy and I'm in God's economy. They're in Satan's economy, and I'm in the Lord Jesus Christ's economy. Hallelujah. Can you give me 15 more minutes? I didn't want to hold you long because I know today was going to be a kind of a day you wanted to maybe get alone and get alone. Genesis, if you don't mind turning to Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. I told the brothers the other day, and I saw it not too long ago, and, and I can't stand it. I'd like to jump out of my car and rip it off the bumper sticker of the fellow that's in front of me with his $250,000 motorhome with the tag on the back saying, I'm spending my children's inheritance. I understand it now. I understand that now. They're in Satan's economy. But in God's economy, the father's desire is to spread his wealth to his children. And that is himself. I want to say something right now. The father of this church gave his wealth, gave himself to this church to make you what you are today. That's fatherhood of the gospel. That's a father of the gospel. And that's why he said the book of the Hall of Fame, Ignatius and Martin Luther and different ones, they're all, they're all in the pictures of the different ones. And he had it out, Brother Biscoll had it out reading. And I said, Dad, that was one of the first books you ever gave me. A copy of that book. It's a wonderful book of all the history of those founding fathers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have had one here that has been beyond, beyond compare. And I thank God for him. The Bible says in Genesis 18, 19, for I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. That household, you can look it up, means economy. He will command his economy. He will spread his wealth to his family. Household. It means belonging 
to a certain household. It refers now to all members of the household. Now, you don't, don't go, go, if somebody's going there, please don't think about it. Don't think about it too long. Ishmael was not a part of Abraham. He said, thy son, thy only son. It only referred to Isaac, okay? So we're talking about members of his household. So now, his household refers to members of his household. Regardless of social or personal position. Here is the term of one that belongs then to a church household. He's part of the household of God. He has fellowship with God. And he enjoys in God's family. And I, I thought I, I, I like that end definition. You can be a part of the household of God, but I might not enjoy you, Anna. But if you are of my household, and we are of the household of God, we enjoy everyone. I only use that for an example. I do enjoy you, Anna. But if you're of the household, you enjoy everybody. You're not avoiding anyone. You're not avoiding it. If you're of the household, it'd be like Michael looking at Sam and saying, eh, get out. You're not my brother. What are you talking about? He's his brother. We can't do that. We're of the same household. That means we enjoy one. Oh, why don't you turn left and right and say, I enjoy you. <laughs> Did you mean it? If you didn't, stick up your hand. Never <laughs> what did you do that for? Huh? No, we enjoy one another. We're of the household of faith. Sister Lisa, lovely to see you these last few services. Like your amens too. Amen. So then when it's referring then to the household, or a member of the household, the father has no more love for one than he does for the other. <laughs> we used to have this, this crazy thing when I was a kid. These two guys used to do a stand-up comedian, and it was called the Smothers Brothers, and one guy would always say, well, mom loved you best, and that was their stick. And that was crazy. And then I thought, Mom, do you love me? Do you love Len better than me? Or do you love Ed better than me? I mean, that's what they're trying to propagate. What is it? Satan's economy. Trying to tell you he doesn't love you. But let me tell you, saints, a part of this economy, we haven't even got there yet. He says, once he has adopted you in this family, you can never be unadopted. You're a son, always a son. You're a daughter, always a daughter. Can you say amen? amen? Then if you're a daughter of God, walk like one. Son of God, walk like one. Act like one. Speak like one. You're of that same household. You have that same love of the Father and the Father's love for you. You've been adopted into this family of God. And the Abba Father is the one that distributes his wealth. 
He distributes his wealth. What is his wealth? Diamonds, gold, rubies, emeralds. You know how much it means to him? He put it in dirt. Come on. What does God think of gold? In dirt, in rivers, rubies, in mountains. That's what God thinks of him. But that's not his wealth. His wealth is himself. And he distributes the Holy Ghost to those that are his own. Hallelujah. He distributes his wealth, which is himself. It's a distribution of wealth. And all that was in God was poured into who? All that was in God, he poured into. All that was in Christ, he poured into who? You. He's distributed his wealth. (laughs) Hallelujah. He distributes his wealth, which is himself. I'm going to get it down a little bit finer now. Now, I got a lot of people say they got the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost would be then God, wouldn't it? Is it God or is it a gift of God? I'm going to ask you the question. Did he give you a gift or did he give him himself? Mm-hmm. See, Pentecost went to gifts, but I went to the giver. Come on, stick with me. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. And people feel God's in their life. But the only way you know you got the wealth of God is live like God. Come on. To know you've got God's wealth in you is to live like your father. Are you still with me? Walk with me. Talk with me. When God, as we said now, Brother Bram said, Satan has a household or he has an economy. And he says they're living and they think they're living, but they're not living. They are dead while they're living. We got that, right? We got that. So that's Satan's economy. So let's just push that one way far away over here now. Let's concentrate on God's economy. In God's household, household economy, economy household, in God's household, anytime he's referring to someone in his household, he's referring to them as a part of himself. So that's why Brother Bram said, Satan feeds on the flesh of his children. Think about it. Satan feeds on the flesh of his children. But God gives life to his children. So he's referring to you then as a part of the family of God, as a member. And as a member of God's economy, you have a position. And God has positioned us in the body 
in this last age. Are you with me still? We're a part of the body of Christ. We are a member in particular of one another. It fits in God's economy. So being in this economy, in God's economy, now let me ask you, Ben, are you in his economy? Now I ask you. And then I can answer myself. How's Ben been living? How's Ben acting? Did anybody ever see Brother Branham put profit on his lapel? Did you, Tim? Mike? No? No, I'm a prophet. Did he put it on his back? No. Why? He didn't have to do that because he lived it. And thus you said prophet. You don't have to say, I'm a believer. Oh, I'm a believer. Your life testifies whether you're a real believer. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get on to the Holy Ghost. Now, once you receive the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is living in a believer, it's not something you muster up. I got to live this way. I got No, it's, Brother Bram said it's automatic. When the Holy Ghost is living in a person, it's an automatic life in Christ. Automatic. And do not judge yourself by one another. You'll get yourself in a heap of trouble. Don't judge your life according to my life. And I won't judge my life according to David's life. You take it back to the Word. He could be putting it on. Or she could be putting it on. Because they're called Pharisees. You know what a Pharisee is? Actor. They acted. They knew the law. So you don't judge one another by one another's walk. You judge one another by the word himself. Does everybody get that? That wasn't complicated. Well, I'm better than I know. Well, she says, hey, can I give you an example? I'll give you one, a real wonky one, but I think it'll get the point across. Did you know I was in band at school? Did you know I paid, played the baritone sax? Where do you think Mike gets it? <laughs> it was bigger than I when I started in grade eight. I think you could stand it up and I was about that high. They said, what is the shortest guy playing the biggest instrument? I don't know. But what I figured out, he only had to play one note every stanza or something. <laughs> and I just had to look like I was playing it. But I did not know that the conductor actually reads the sheet music. Yeah, thank you. I knew some of you would get it. But anyways, in that band room, they had a group of people called the Young Life. The Baptist movement would come into the school and then they'd try and convert us teenagers at school. And they would come in and his name was Frank Mansfield at the time. I believe he lives in Linden. I think he's still alive. He was a professor of psychology at Trinity Western College. We got to be quite good friends. Anyways, he were in the classroom. Ken was there, a few of our friends, most of our band buddies and all that were there. They were there, and this is sort of a semi-religious gathering. And I thought, what am I doing here? 
if it's even semi. I'm not even a semi. I'm, I'm nobody. But I was there because my friends were there, and as, as, as he started his talk, and it was much like this room, but a smaller band room, and he would be standing there. He says, I want to know around the room, who's a Christian here? So he went from individual to every, every, individual. And then this fellow that I knew said, oh, I'm a Christian. I go, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then he came to another friend of mine, Ian Brody was his name. If he hears this, it'll help him maybe. And he said, well, I'm a Christian. Remember this, Ken? I don't know if you remember. No? Oh, yeah? Good. Because Ken said he was a Christian. And so I looked at the, my buddies and I said, and he says he came to Tom Ray and he said, what about you? I said, well, if they are, I am. <laughs> if that's how a Christian lives, that's me. Don't judge yourself by one another. You judge yourself by the word himself. Amen. Why? Because we're of the household of faith. And he's our Abba, Father. He's not just a father. He's an Abba, Father. He's my Father. He's my dear Father. Can you turn to uh, St. John 14? St. John chapter 14. And if I could just give me a few more minutes, I won't give you time, but minutes might turn into hours, but we'll go a few minutes, okay? St. John 14, verse 1. The Bible reads, Let not your heart be what? Ye believe in? Believe also in? In my Father's house are? If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Is that true? So now it goes on to say now, in verse 7, If you had known me, you should have known my? If you had known me, you would have known my? This is a very wonderful chapter in Scripture. And we can't and don't have time to mine this today, the next service, and the next service, and the next. There's so much here. It's, un, it's unbelievable. No, it's, it's believable, wonderfully believable. So then, if you would have known me, you should have known my Father also. And from hence, you know him and have seen him. Hmm, that's that's pretty straight. If you've seen Jesus, what is he saying? Seen the Father. Okay, now let's look at what Philip says. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And it will suffice us. We'll be happy. Just show us the Father. And that will, if you take a look at that, I preached on it years ago, that will lift me up out of every problem I ever have because if God is my Father, he's greater than any situation. Any problem, any devil, any sickness, <laughs> it would suffice us. It would lift us. Ah. 
Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou, show us the Father? He's, he's now, he's really. Now, we're not just skimming over this now. We're just look, we're looking at it with a little bit more sincerity. Not sincerity is the right word, Just with more emphasis. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. Billy, what is he saying there? The words that I speak, I speak not of myself. So is he speaking his words or his father's words? His father's words. Jesus is speaking his father's words. So we know now that the father's in the Lord Jesus. Is that true? So he said, I don't speak my words. I'm not speaking my words. Of whom speaketh the prophet? Of himself or another. When the prophets were speaking in the first person, they were speaking of God himself. Thus saith the Lord. So now here's Jesus bringing us to a reality. Believe thou not that I am the Father's in me, and the words I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father's in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Next verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And a greater works than these shall ye do, because I go unto my Father. Now, this is preached many times over the years. Maybe in this church, 50s of times. I don't want to say hundreds of times. But the Bible goes on to say, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Who do? And the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So we're getting there, right? We're getting there. We're showing now God is in flesh. I want you to look at verse 20. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and you, or ye, in me, and I in you. Can we read that once again together? At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. What day? 
what day. Many have preached on it. Many have spoken about it. But I would rather, as Brother Bram said, don't preach me a sermon. Live me a sermon. There shall be perplexities of times. Is that the last time? At the last day. Guess what? Jesus says here in Luke, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. Huh? Signs in the stars. Stars you probably have never seen before in your life until the Hub telescope came. The Webb telescope came. I'm not saying that that's what the prophecy is about, but you've seen stars man has never seen before in their entire lives. Galaxies upon galaxies. Is that a sign? But Bram says we're going to pass that milky white way in a flash. I don't care how many galaxies they put out there. I'm passing every one of them. He said there'll be signs, signs in the skies and upon the earth there'll be distress of nations. How many love the news when uh, who's the fellow in Korea, North Korea, parades around with his daughter with a bunch of nuke, nukes? That, you know, what, Kim Jong-un? Is that his name? Can you imagine putting your daughter around a nuclear warhead? I, I don't know what's in people's brains. And they figure they got missiles now that can be intercontinental and they can be there in so many minutes. Let them fall. Let them fall. So there'll be distress of nations. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. Jed, babe, we've had them since I was your age. They're getting a little bit more intense. And they will get very intense until the seventh vision. Until you see America in ashes. But I don't plan on being here. And I know I'm of another economy. And I'm going in that economy out of this world. Distress of nations with, Sister Lisa, it says, this is, a, this is a big word here, perplexity. I thought, I know, I know what it is to be perplexed. But there has to be something more to it to be that Jesus used perplexed. Anybody here been perplexed? You know what the word perplexed? I'm going to give you some definitions of perplexed. There will be distress of nations and perplexities. Well, those perplexities means it will be a day of confusion. I would say, mm-hmm. It will be a time when they'll be discombobulated. Ken will like that word. Discombobulated. That actually means confusion. That's an old word we used to use when we were old or young. Now we're old. So I thought I'd I'd bring that one out for you. It's a day of bewilderment. Perplexity. Bewilderment. And people are wondering, is this this all over? COVID shut down the world? The economy shot? They all want the Green New Deal. Maybe that's an old term. But like one fellow said, one scientist said, if they all go for electric cars, we have not enough electricity for the cars. I think they're confused. I think they're perplexed. 
I think they're discombobulated. It means in perplexity of times, the dilemmas that they can't get themselves out of. It's incomprehensible that you would parade these kind of people before kindergartners and grade twoers and grade threeers. The world has gone insane. But you, in this economy, have been given the very mind of God to combat Satan's economy in this great hour because you're finding out you have a relationship. I'll now close on this thought as we get to an end. And this is where it's very important to call him Abba, Father, means you have a relationship with him. And thus we titled it Abba, Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. How does it start? Our Father. In the time of the darkest of hours is when the Father wants to comfort his children. And thus we have the Comforter himself. In the darkest of hour, Brother Bram said that the families have ever seen When I was a child, I could take my bike right across the little town of Chilliwack where I grew up at 9 o'clock at night. My best friend's dad owned a grocery store, and as 10-year-olds, we cashed out the till, closed the store, took whatever we wanted, which we did. And had our own private party. But that across town is about two and a half miles on my bike at 9 and 10 and 11 o'clock at night. And I could come home because my parents say, "His son, it's time to come home. They weren't worried about Jack the Ripper. Come on. we're just That's an old term, but I don't want to get down to where this crazy economy of Satan is. You can't even put your child in the front yard. Think about it, is right, Brother Tim. Think about it. I used to go across town at 9 and 10 o'clock at night on a bike and not a, I'd be free. I was free. Free. I didn't worry about some guy jumping. The only thing I worried about was a skeleton. <laughs> I watched too many horror movies when I was a kid. But I never thought it would be a guy in flesh that's trying to take advantage of me or take me or steal me away from my parents. But you've lived in it for years. But saints, don't ever let down your guard. Satan is out to disrupt your economy. But we have an Abba Father. He watches over his children. He comforts you when you need comforting. He encourages you when you need encouraging. He heals you when you need healing. He 
your father. He's not a figment of your imagination. But Brother Bram said at the darkest of hours, the fam- this is the darkest hour. Brother Victor, you're raising your children at the darkest of hour. But I want to say to the devil, at the darkest of your economy, we got the brightest economy that's ever been on the face of the earth. It's the rising of the glorious Son of God. Look how the families now, look in, his, look in Satan's economy. Satan's economy will break up a family. That's what, he, that's what Satan's economy is to do, is to break you up. I think Brother Michael said it very straight the other night. People try to break up a church. That is not God. That is of the devil. Amen. Satan wants to break up families, Brother Brown said. That's what, he want, that's what he said. That's what he says here. He says, look at in Satan's economy. Families are broke up. Look at our nation. It's corrupted. Politics is rotten. We're talking about a prophet that is talking in the 50s, 60s. Rotten or prophecy? I'd say it was rotten, but it's just got more rotten. It's low down as Sodom can get. God can't stand it. Does everybody hear that? In this, God's economy hates Satan's economy. Listen, your face pages, your Facebook, your pictures all over it. What are you sisters thinking? You say, well, you're going to get real quiet on now Facebook. You use Facebook for business, so that's fine. But you're doing it on for your own personal benefit, and you got your face all dolled up, and people are looking at you. Brother Bram said a German man wouldn't even let his daughter's picture be on a chocolate box. Is that true, Brother Tim, or am I making it up? It's nothing but the truth. Don't allow Satan's economy to come in your home. I might be preaching the four posts. God can't stand Sodom. This is my nation. Yep, but it's rotten to the core. Now, let me get you flag paraders. Parading for what? Satan's kingdom? Like you're going to change Ottawa? You're going to change the White House? Really? You're so carnal. Why don't you get spiritual and say forget Satan's kingdom and get into the kingdom of God? It's rotten, your prophet said. So you want to make it unrotten? I don't know. America is as low down as Sodom ever was. Oh, I'm from America. Really, you want to put that on your badge? I'm not from America. I'm not from Canada. I'm from glory. I've come from God. 
and I go back to God. I've come from his economy and I go back to his economy. Let not your heart be troubled for I've gone to prepare a place for you in my economy. Praise the Lord. This world is not my home. I'm just the passing through. He said, America. Now, here's a good one. For all you Canadians that feel so smug. And you Canadians. So anybody that's on the internet, I'm not. Somebody accused me years ago, you're an American basher. Really? I said, I'm only saying. So I gave him the quote where Brother Bram said it. Well, then, then Brother Bram's Ameri- uh, American basher. Well, well, then I can't win. So I'm just a basher. He says, Canadian, you precious people from Canada. If America keeps going on, Canada will be as low down as the America. After a while, get around the borders of Canada, anywhere. She's going to be worse than ever. Looks like he didn't care much for Satan's economy. And if he didn't care for it, I don't care for it. Let's hold the banner up high, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't you worry. He says it's going to get worse than ever. She's coming to her end. The Bible speaks of her doom. Low down, rotten, filthy, no good. I'm American. I hope not. I hope you say, I'm a citizen of glory. And I got a stamp passport called the Holy Ghost himself stamped on the very image of my heart. And some custom angel will stand there and say, do you have a legitimate passport? And he'll look upon my heart stamped with Jesus Christ and say, it's not out of date. It's been forever. It's been forever. You can't buy friendship. Ah, we're going to give Turkey 200 million trillion dollars. You're so in debt, it's unbelievable. But Canada, do not be so smug. Per capita, even though the Americans are in debt, $93,000 per person. That's the indebtedness of America. Canada's indebtedness per capita is more than that. Satan's economy is going down. God's economy is going up. And who's the head of my economy? Abba. Father. My Father. My God. My dear Heavenly Father. God bless you. God bless 
you. Musicians, why don't you come? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Satan's economy breaks up homes. God's economy builds homes. Satan's economy causes sickness. God's economy heals. Whatever you can imagine that Satan's economy holds, God's economy is exactly the opposite. As the prophet said, it's vice versa. I am sick and tired. I think I heard a preacher, a young preacher, use this term, and I thought, I haven't used that in a long time, but I'll use it. I'm sick and tired of this, and a terrible thing that I have to end on this, non-gender parents. I'll let that one soak in for a minute. Has anybody heard this? Or am I just, I'm, I'm, I'm out in Star Wars somewhere and I'm living in a, a realm. You, you've actually heard this term before? Yes. Have you ever heard that term before? Yeah, okay. I'm just, just wondering. Our non-gender parents is blasphemy. Now, whoever hears this, you might be looking for another man. Non-gender, really? Hi, she. How are you doing, she? Is that insane? Yeah. Oh, my. I, I'm sorry. Some companies, have you have to be gender, what is it? Call it? Neutral. Whatever. Okay. Is, is this, am I gone insane or has the world gone insane? A world? Okay. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. I think I'm out, out there all by myself. But now they're making the he a she and she a he. Right? Are you with me? You understand what I'm talking about? But now they're not happy to leave it there. They want God to be a she. You think Satan doesn't want to destroy your economy? But God has given you the word in this last age to combat any nonsense that Satan would try to do to destroy your economy. I want you to say to the devil when all that starts coming by your way, Satan, get thee behind me. This non-gender binary, what he, she, people are cats and dogs now. Don't tell me this world's gone to hell in a handbasket. It indeed has. And it's going there faster than we can imagine. Because even two years ago, I could not imagine where we are today. If God should tarry one more year, where are we going to be, saints? But we need to be a people that know our God as Abba, Father. He's dear. He's real. He's a friend. And he's my God. He's my God. And you can say, he's your God. And we will press this kingdom like we've never pressed before because Satan's kingdom and hell has expanded its borders. But I'm letting you know now that heaven is also lifting up. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be gone. 
in the twinkling of an eye. Are you going to go with me? Which one should we sing, Brother Ryan? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I'm going to be gone. Do we know that song? Okay, let's stand there. Oh, my God. 
Well, I had a little change of order this morning. As we found out last night, it was going to be changed. We were going to have an ordination this morning. We will put that off, Brother Jean. We, I so want to see him ordained. How many have enjoyed Brother Jean's ministry? Brother Murphy was on the phone hookup. I talked with him before the meeting, and all is well, and he's happy and thrilled the way the church is going. And I think God raising up young men such as our dear brother Jean, and what God's been doing in Michael's life is a testimony to the moving of the Holy Spirit within this local assembly. And I, and I, I am so proud of them, not proud like proud, proud. I'm just so thankful to the Lord Jesus that this ministry of this message is alive. It's not a learnt gospel. It's a neology gospel. And I thank you this morning again for your support, your love. We will go on. I'll thank God for what God has given us these past 50 years and just keep holding the men of God up before the throne of grace. Amen. Brother Darren, would you mind coming and closing in a word of prayer? precious Heavenly Father, we are truly a blessed people, Lord, being part of this great kingdom of God. Lord, you said the kingdom of God is within you. Lord Jesus, and how we have love one for the other, Lord Jesus, tells us that we love you, dear God. We're so thankful for the love that's been shed abroad in our hearts, Lord, not something that we have to act out, not something we try to impersonate, Lord. We're thankful we're not the Pharisees, Father. We're not the Sadducees, Lord, of those days, but the true believers that have been birthed into the kingdom of God. And Lord Jesus, you have a desire, you have a plan for our lives, dear God. Living in the most wicked age that has ever been, Lord Jesus. We can say how dark it is out there, how evil it is out there, Father God. But the prophet said, but how great it is on the inside, Lord. How great your glory is, Father. And how you're revealing it to us, Lord. And you're sharing yourself with us, Father. That great wealth of the person who you are, Lord. And we are so benefited, Lord. We are so privilege, Lord, to be the beneficiaries of that wealth, dear God. Wealth untold, dear God. We are so grateful, Lord Jesus, for the transformation that you've done in our lives all around this congregation, all around the bride, Lord. It's the word, dear God, that has made the change in our lives. Lord Jesus, we so thank you for it, Lord, and we just want to give ourselves to it evermore, Father, that you would be glorified, Lord. We don't know what the days hold ahead, but we know who holds tomorrow, Lord. We know who holds our hand. We know who leads us, Lord Jesus. We have nothing to fear, Father. Lord Jesus, for a perfect love casts out all fear, and you've given us yourself. Love himself, Lord Jesus. Lord, that we can go forward in this day as great, bright, shining lights, dear God, of your glory, that all men may see that we have been with you, Father. Lord, that we would get that last one in, Father. Lord, we're looking so forward to that transformation, Lord, of going home. So, Lord Jesus, we pray that you encourage the people by the word that was ministered today, Lord, for truly you are our Father. And we're so thankful for that, Lord. No matter what we go through, Lord, 
You're a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, that you know our very needs, you know our hearts, Lord. And Lord Jesus, we can turn aside, Lord Jesus, to you. We can open our hearts and all we ever have need of, dear God, you're the one that prepares it. You're the one who provides it, Lord. And we want to say thank you, Father. You're a wonderful heavenly Father. And we're so thankful for the relationship you've given each one of us. So Lord God, may we just go in the strength of this word, Father. Whatever lays ahead of us, dear God, we're just going to press the battle for your glory. We know you're going with us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Lord, bless our brother Tom. Strengthen him. Give him wisdom, dear God. Lord, above what he could even ever ask or think, Lord Jesus. We just ask that you'll be with this assembly, dear God. Use us for your glory, we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Let's agree together as we greet one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Just give me your hand.